Buenos dias. Good morning. Welcome to the North Brevard Church of Christ. This is our social distancing worship video so you can worship God at home. This morning, Mike Shoemate will have about a 20-minute lesson on suffering. How it doesn't come from God, he sent the answer, Jesus, to escape that. We also have an opening prayer by one of our deacons, Brent Fitzgerald. We have a communion devotional thought and prayers by Charlie Griffin. There will be about a 30-minute 30-second break after each prayer, so you can take uh, the bread and fruit of the vine there at home. We also have singing. We have PowerPoints like usual, so you can sing along. The words are right there. The background music you hear in the background is from the Kleinwood Church of Christ in Houston, Texas. It's their annual sings. They have graciously allowed us to use this, so it doesn't sing like, sound like you're singing along. Just sing alone at home.
Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we have that we can come here and we can worship you. Even though the circumstances are are, are different than normal, Father, we, we, we pray that we might always be able to look into you and we might always be able to trust you no matter no matter where we're at. Father, at this time, we're, we're so prayerful for the whole nation. Everyone seems to be in such a, a, an unusual space. Everything seems to be so, so, so unusual. We pray, Father, that this time will, will soon be over and, that, and things will be restored to what, what we would call a, a normal we ask you to be with the rulers and of this country and the, and the rulers of, of all the countries of all the worlds here, that that they might be able to, to to work out this virus and 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 that we might all be able to 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 be well soon. Father, we're we're so thankful for all the blessings that we have. We're so thankful for the church that we have here. We're thankful for the members and and for all the leaders as as they continue to. They continue to want to guide us, Father. We're we're we have several in our in our congregation that are sick, and, and we ask you to be with all of them. And and I, and but especially at this time, we ask for Gail Weiniger to to continue to be with her as she's as she's on hospice. Father, we're 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 thankful for for Jesus, for for his ability and his. To, to be such a strong leader for us and we pray father that we'll always turn to Jesus as a as our example and that and that uh, we'll, we'll always try to be like Jesus and and learn and, and grow in your word father we're, we're thankful for your word we pray that that we're we pray that that we can continue to study your word we know that that is powerful and it still has the, the ability to turn hearts to you. We pray that, that we might always trust in your word and, and long to grow stronger. Father, as, as we go on through, we, we're, we're prayerful for all the members here. We're prayerful for all the, all, all the members of our church. And, and we pray that, that, they'll can, that they'll be able to continue to be strong. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Uh, thank, we are thankful for this opportunity to observe the Lord's Supper. It serves as a reminder to us. It reminds us just how weak and how lost we were. We've experienced uh, similar feelings as we face this pandemic in our world. Today we feel weak, helpless. And Father, that's exactly where we were we were separated from you. We were helplessly lost in our sins. And Father, we, uh, we know that because you brought your son, because your son died for us, we were brought back. And Father, be with us as we uh, take this Lord's Supper. Father, we pray that you'd guide us in all the things that we do. Father, we thank you so much for your willingness to send your son, your only son, to suffer a terrible death. Father, we thank you that he willingly hung on that cross to forgive our sins, to make it possible to us to be restored to you. Father, we thank you that we can do this. We pray, Father, that it does serve as a reminder of just how much you love us. Father, be with us as we take of this bread and help us to do so in a manner pleasing to you. In Jesus' holy name, amen.
We continue in prayer, Father, thanking you for Jesus' willingness to have his blood shed for us, to have that blood shed that washes away our sins. Father, help us to never take that for granted. Thank you that because of him we have hope. Because of him we overcome the weakness that we were in, the helplessness that we were in. Father, be with us as we take this fruit of the vine, which represents his blood. In Jesus' name, amen.
Welcome to the North Brevard Church of Christ's worship service. We're glad that you joined us today. If you're looking for a church, consider us. This is a place that you come as you are, and you're accepted for who you are. It's a warm, loving family, and that's why we call ourselves the family of God. So if you're looking for a church, this is the place to be. Two weeks ago, we started a study on suffering. Sometimes we miss how many people are in suffering. A group called Mercy Me sings this song. They say sometimes you win, sometimes you lose some. And right now I'm losing bad. I stood on the stage night after night remembering to tell the broken it's going to be all right. But right now, Right now, I just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? We're being held to a flame right now. We're going through some tough times. And because of that, two weeks ago, we started with part one. We started with the, the story of Job and Satan going back and forth to the earth and God asked him, have you ever ran into my servant Job? Job was a good man. He had ten children, seven sons and three daughters. And then he had cattle, sheep and goats and donkeys and the right. He was rich. He had land, and he had his health. He was looked to as one of the wisest men. But then it happened. The servant comes running to him and says, we've had some raiders coming down from the north and they've taken all of your, all of your livestock, your cattle, and they have nothing left. No sooner was that over than they talked about an electric storm coming down and some of his children who were mindy, the sheep were dying. Then they talked about how the houses had fallen during the storm and he had lost his family. He had lost his wealth. He had nothing left but his health, and then he lost his health. The story is out of the, out of the book of Job. And what it says is God didn't do any of this. None of this stuff that he's going through that are trials did God cause. He did not cause Job's suffering. But he did suffer. And he had the three friends who came down just to sit with him while he was suffering so badly. Everything was good until the eighth day when Eliphaz gets up to give a piece of his mind that he couldn't afford to lose. And he says, Job, you know why you're suffering? You've done something wrong and God is punishing you. And Job says, no, I haven't. And he says, yes, you have. And they go back and forth and back and forth. 
Billy Fast comes back the next day. He's not done. And they have the same type discussion. After Eliphaz, his next friend Bildad comes along and they have the same discussion all over again. You've done something terrible. You've sinned badly. That's why the suffering's happening. And he says, no, I haven't. And he says, yes, you have. And he gives him a double dose. And then it's time for Zophar. And at the end, God says, this is me. And Job looks at God and says, I heard of you, but now I see you. And he says, Bring, send your three friends over to me. And God does the correcting. I wish it was the only in the Old Testament and they'd learn better. But in the New Testament, it's just as bad. Jesus is entering a town and there's a man who was born blind. They give the question that the Pharisees would ask. Master, why is this man born blind? Did he sin? Or did his mother and father sin? Jesus says, neither. But he was born blind to show people the glory of God. He bends down and makes some mud and puts it on his eyes. And then he says, I want you to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he does. And when he washes, he sees. Now you would think that would be great news, but it wasn't great news then. He had been guilty of sin in these people's minds all of their lives. And so they could not explain how he saw. The religious leaders call him in and they say, how are you seeing? He says, I don't know. I met this guy. He said his name was Jesus. He put some mud on my eyes, told me to go wash, and I went and I washed, and now I see. They end up throwing him out of their temple because he was born blind. That made him a sinner. Today we're going to look at another side. It's a side that, for most of us, we just don't look at enough. God gives us an idea of why suffering sometimes happens. Free will. God gives you a choice. He said this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. See, I've set before you today Life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love your Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, His decrees, and His laws. And then you will live in increase as the Lord blesses you in the land you are entering to process. If your heart turns away and you're not obedient, and if you're drawn to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day, that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live 
that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years. Years in the land that he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What he's describing is each of us has a path that we can choose. Choose the right path and things will go pretty good for you. Choose the wrong path and things don't always work out. Right after I began a career in preaching, I had a 15-year-old girl come in and sit down and look and say, Mike, I'm pregnant. And I looked at her and said, are you sure? And she said, yeah, but I, I don't know how this happened. I looked at her and said, if you're pregnant, you know how this happened. She said, yeah, yeah, but why would God allow me to become pregnant? She couldn't link up her behavior with the consequences that followed it. And because she couldn't link the two up, she blamed God for the fact that she was carrying a child. Maybe another example would help. I decide tonight to get into my car and drive 120 miles down the roads of Titusville. I hit a tree and die. Now you can say, why did God let that happen? But it would be a result of me traveling 120 miles an hour down the narrow roads of Titusville. Now those of you who don't know me, I drive a 2002 Honda Civic. I am lucky to get it up to 70 on I-95. In fact, I was taking somebody to the airport and they volunteered to get out and push so I could make it to 70. So we don't have to worry about it happening. But the consequences are the result of the action, not punishment from God. Then there's sin. And I know when we think of sin, we think of terrible things, but sin doesn't have to be terrible things. I went through and just got some places out of the New Testament where it lists some of the things of sin, and it's got such things as anger and greed, addictive behaviors that you do over and over again, jealousy, violent behavior, selfishness, a lack of self-control. Some people just want power. My daughter lived in Hollywood, California when she was doing her graduate work at the University of Southern California. She lived in an apartment in Hollywood. And every time we got some time off, we flew out to Hollywood to see her and her new husband. And she would make maps and say, are you going out sightseeing today, Dad? I said, yeah, we thought we'd go and see some things. She would draw us an exact map and say, 
Do not go down any other streets. I thought that she was trying to be mama and have us just do what she told us. But the facts, when we got those, tell a different story. The overall crime rate in Hollywood, California is 112 times as high than the national average. One in 19 people will be a victim of crime. You see, all the different streets have different gangs that run the street. And they don't take chances when strangers happen down the wrong street. She wasn't being a mama. She was being a daughter who loved her parents. Well, that brings us to the last one and probably the most obvious. Natural causes. You've seen these. I've seen all but two of them in Florida. Tornadoes. We've had some that have hit down here close. How do tornadoes happen? Well, it's a mixture of air that gets turning and it naturally happens. And those who are in their homes or lose valuable property because of tornadoes, it's a natural happening. Fires. We've had two since I've been here. Two big ones that you could see from the interstate. Lightning storms. If you live in Florida for a week, you will be in a lightning storm. We are the lightning capital of the world. But again, it's positive and negative charges in the upper atmosphere. And if it rains hard, we have floods. And of course, if you've lived here over a year, you know what the circular motion is with the eye in the middle. That's a hurricane. An ice storm? When I lived up north in Florida, we had one ice storm. And everybody with four-wheel drive made a, a lot of money pulling people out of ditches. I've seen hail, but I've not seen hail this large. But it's part of Florida. It's part of living here. It's part of the situations that we're in. We've got water on both sides of us. And because of that, some natural disasters happen. The Bible tells us about a good God, not about one who's into punishing. In Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into His grace, in which we now stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In the Old Testament, when you sinned, it was hard. In the New Testament, we are under grace. God gives us second and third chances. 
not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. How did that happen? God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent Jesus when we didn't deserve him. When we were still sinners. But I got some lines underlined and I want you to read them with me as we see them. See, we now have been justified by his blood. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only this, so, but we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You see, God does everything he can to bring us to a point where we can stand it wasn't easy. But God proved his love. It wasn't based on our merit. It wasn't something that we had worked out ourselves. Why we were yet sinners. Christ dies on a cross. Because God couldn't see us suffer in sin. You see, when it comes to suffering, there are a lot of reasons people suffer. But to pin it all on God, God has never caused people to suffer unjustly. May COVID-19, it's a challenge, but it's not from God. If you want to put it in any category, put it in the natural things that have happened on this earth. But it's not from God. I hope things are going well for you. And I thank you for listening.
Please bow with me. Dear Lord, we know you are a loving and gracious God. We ask for your mercy on each one of us. We ask you to heal this world of the virus. Help us to get back to lives as normal. We can reach out. We can be with one another, share in the, the good moments, but also be there for each one another through the hardest of times. Father, we ask that you help us to bring, bring the body back together, that we can function as we always have, that we can have Bible studies together and share ideas, that we can learn of you, we can encourage one another face to face. Father, we ask your many blessings on the kids who are at home learning in an environment that they're absolutely just not used to. Please be with them and the parents and the teachers that are working with them too. Father, please be with our government as they do what they can to help each one, each one and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, look for encouraging messages throughout the week on social media or wherever it can be. Look for the helpers. God bless until we meet again.